Support for Health Matters on MSPR comes from the Northeast Kentucky Area Health Education Center, located at St. Clair Healthcare in Moorhead. Additional information on the Northeast AHEC is available online at neahec.org. Hello and welcome to Health Matters. I am your host and radio health evangelist, Dr. Tony Weaver. And today's show, we dip into history and culture. This is the Oedipus Rex Show. Now, before we start, let's all take a deep breath. And remember, we can get through this show. We can get through this show together. Say it with me. We can get through this show. We can get through this together. Together. That was good enough. Anyway, thanks to our listeners at True Talk Internet Radio, special radio wave to the MSU Ronald G. Eaglin Space Science Center staff. And here to discuss the issues of the day with me from the University of Kentucky Physician Assistant Program, Assistant Professor Shelley Irving. Hi, Shelley. Hello. And also to explain to you how to access Health Matters as only he can do, the Executive Director of Networking and Infrastructure for the University of Kentucky, Rick Phillips. Hey, Rick. Hey, Tony. You know you can get the audio of the show at WMKY.org. Wow. WMKY.org. That is Morehead State Public Radio's website. We say that week after week after week. And you know, every week it sounds exactly the same. At some point you think, maybe this guy's going to change it up a little bit, but nope, he's no. not going to do it. Go to the website, find Health Matters, find the list of shows, read the summary, get the link to the show, listen to the show over and over, stream it, send it, podcast it. Anything you want to do with that link, it's right there for your listening pleasure. After that, Get into some two-way communication with Health Matters. Do the interactive style. Go to Facebook.com. Go to our fan page. It's at Facebook.com slash HM Radio Show. And ask us questions. Send us comments. Give us show topics. Make fun of Tony. Talk about COVID. And, you know, ask us some non-COVID questions because we seem to be kind of, obviously, we're going to be mired down in it for a few weeks. That's absolutely there for your enjoyment uh, interact with the cast, the crew. Again, you can find us on the fan page at Facebook. It's facebook.com slash show. Our sponsor, Outdoor Activities. Remember to beat this virus and make it sob. Avoid a mob when you're not on the job. That means that when you are out this summer, you need to avoid crowds above all else. You, It appears that this virus is transmitted by being in a large crowd of people, by having them breathe, shout, sing, talk, uh, by not wearing masks. We're not sure about the mask, but we think that that would be a very good idea. Uh, and it also is the duration of time you spend. So if you have to go to a crowded area, get out as fast as you can. Try to minimize your activities while you're there. But spend most of your time outdoors, six feet apart from people. In the water, perfectly fine. The water will dilute this virus out. You don't have to worry about sharing a lake with someone or a river, something like that. That's not going to be the issue. So we are talking once again about swimming safety. And let wait, me say... Wait, wait, wait a minute. What about when you are on the job? When you are on the job, you you do what you have to do. I mean, you know, for some jobs, you really don't are not able to control the crowd like you'd like to. So I I don't think you have much of as much of a choice when you're on the job. Now, you can protest. uh, You can talk to your supervisor if you feel you're in an unsafe setting. Um, You still I mean, hand washing uh, goes without. uh, Well, it doesn't go without saying. Let's say it. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. As often as you can. The hand sanitizers most seem to work pretty well. 
against this virus. It does not appear that most of the cases are spread by contact with surfaces, although it is still a good idea to avoid that contact as much as you can. But focus on the air around you. You should be breathing your own air. Remember the Statue of Liberty, uh, our long, yearning to breathe free. You should be yearning to breathe free. I like that. Yeah. Can I do my swimming safety tips now? Yeah, we can swim safely now. All right. Tip number one, children need to learn to swim. Teach your child to swim. What a great activity this summer for the family. Learn how to swim. Get your kids If you swim. don't know how to swim, learn together. Yes. Um, well, they, they probably need somebody who knows how to swim <laughs> present as well. I didn't, together, say, together. I didn't say teach and learn together. I said learn together. Yeah. Now, the problem we know, I mean, the public pools are closed. Uh, swimming is going to, this is one of the reasons we put this in, because swimming is going to be trickier than it has been in the past. Uh, but uh, certainly uh, uh, the uh, local lakes are, are going to be open, the beaches, uh, areas where you can disperse a crowd better. Uh, so they absolutely are open. And we, over the Memorial Day weekend, they were packed here in Moorhead. Yeah. And that is, once again, uh, to make it sob, avoid a mob when you're not on the job. Well, it's hard to call it a mob when they're all over the lake. But, yeah. you know, you're, 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 you know, still quite a ways apart. Yeah. So at any rate, look for those open, wide open spaces. Enjoy the outdoors, but have some sense about it. Um, so first of all, uh, as I said, children need to learn to swim. Secondly, is there a lifeguard? We are going to see fewer lifeguards. If you do not have a lifeguard, you need a designated person watching the swimmers. It just, that is the safe thing to do. Number three, even with that designated person, try to watch your own uh, children when they're in the water. Number four, check the area for obstacles. Now, this could be underground, uh, underwater snags or branches, or uh, it could be drains on a uh, uh, private uh, swimming pool, things like that. Make sure you know what your children are getting into. Number five, diving. Check to see how deep the water is. Feet first, first time, every time you go and swim somewhere. Even if you swam there yesterday, even if you swam there last week, feet first, first time. Make sure that you know the area is clear before anybody goes in head first. Uh, don't dive into a shallow end of a pool. Don't dive through pool toys. Number six, we can't stress this enough, put the long hair up. Uh, you do not need to have free-flowing hair underwater. It can get caught on all sorts of things, and it can become a life-threatening situation. And we'll stop there with the first six tips, that is swimming safety from health matters. And remember, what we're trying to and the other thing that you got to think about now is uh, you'll want to have hand sanitizer along with your uh, uh, whatever you're using for sunscreen. You want to have a cell phone around. That's one of our tips anyway. Uh, you will want to have a mask because even if you're swimming, there might be an emergency. You might need to purchase something. You might need to go to the restroom. You might need to be around other people. So make sure you take your mask. You should not use a mask while swimming. That's silly. But you should have a mask available in case you have to go into a crowded place for your safety and, as we spoke uh, for the safety of the people around you. Now, Oedipus Rex. Uh, I'll just tell you a little bit about this and what made me think about this. There was an editorial published May 21st online, the AMA Journal, from Ryan Antiel, Division of Pediatric Surgery at Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis. And it was called Oedipus and the Coronavirus Pandemic. Now, Certainly you can access that if you want to read it, but I, I, I'm not going to repeat what uh, Dr. Antiel says. But it made me think about Oedipus because I've thought about Oedipus a lot in my medical school career. First of all, for those of you who don't know, 
Uh, there was a, uh, this was a legend. This was a play by Sophocles. This was, uh, Laius was the uh, father. Uh, when his son was born, he consulted an oracle as to his fortune, to his horror. The oracle reveals that his son was going to kill him. He is doomed to perish by the hand of his own son. So he bound his infant's feet together with a pen and ordered his wife, Jocasta, to kill him. Laius being a great and brave person who tackles matters heads-on. Apparently. He got his wife to do it for him. Well, his wife couldn't kill him either, so she got the servant, and the servant left him out, and a shepherd found him. The uh, serv- the shepherd named the child Oedipus. <laughs> and if you think about it, the Oedipus part is the same thing as edema, and the pus is a foot, so it is swollen foot is Oedipus' mm-hmm. name. Mm-hmm. And I so I, I immediately identify with anybody with swollen feet. Um. The shepherd bring uh, the infant to Corinth, uh, which is close to Thebes, where uh, Elias is. And uh, there was a king, uh, Polybus, who uh, raised Oedipus as his own son. As he grows to manhood, Oedipus, here's a rumor, he's not the son of Polybus. He asks the Delphic oracle, another Greek oracle. Uh, the oracle doesn't tell him who his parents are, which is a real big mistake on the part of the oracle. You know, you just can't trust an oracle. I mean, it's like social media. It's you a bot. Can't. That that was the original. It was probably Twitter a bot. bot. So the oracle tells him instead he is destined to shed with his own hands the blood of his father. So he decides if uh, uh, Polybus is his father, he needs to get out of Corinth. He goes to Thebes where his real father Laius is. Meets Laius on the road on his way to Thebes. They get in an argument over whose chariot has the right of way. He kills his own father right then and there. Hmm. Meanwhile, he goes to Thebes, uh, finds Jocasta, his mother, who now is widowed, feels sorry for her. He's the son of a king. She's the wife of a king. He marries her. He marries his mother. And Sigmund Freud loves that. That's where Freud uh, gets the Oedipal complex, is uh, uh, people who like their mothers. So you ask yourself, all right, that's a little bit uh, a very, very, I would say. It's bizarre, but it's also a very basic a uh, quick plot summary of an ancient Greek tragedy. Now, what does that have to do with us? You know, throughout my life, uh, my professional career, I have combated the effects of cigarettes and smoking. And early on in my career, a lot of people would point out that their grandmother or their parents died of lung cancer and never smoked a cigarette. That was their argument. Cigarettes don't cause lung cancer. Look, my grandma died of lung cancer. She never smoked a cigarette. And then it became apparent to all of us during my career that secondhand smoke, other people's cigarettes, could cause lung cancer in a non-smoker. Sure. That seems obvious now. It wasn't when I started, but it is now. So in essence, the son could cause his father's death or his mother's death or his grandmother's death death by smoking in the house. And so... These people basically were doomed just like Oedipus. They didn't have an oracle telling them, but they had me. But the thing is, I, I couldn't load that onto a person. I couldn't say that. I just felt like that the idea that you killed your grandmother was just, I thought, would be too much for a person to bear. You're probably right. And yet, I think our mores are changing because right now, that's exactly what we're saying. If you don't wear a mask, you're going to kill somebody with COVID-19, and it could be your parents or grandparents. 
Is that when we put the awkward pause in? <laughs> yeah, that's that's the awkward pause for the and wonderful news that yeah, you yeah, Mister Mister yeah. you know, Morning Glory over there. Well, it's just it's it, you know the idea. I think it is really hard to wrestle with that. Uh, you know, it. it uh, I don't know. You know, I, I understand as a public health measure, you got to say, well, look, you could someone could die, but but the thing about it is, you know, if you don't wear a mask, that's somebody close to you. It's not just a random person on the other end of the state. I think that gets us on a slippery slope, which is why people get uncomfortable with it. Yeah. Right. Because at what point, where where do your actions begin to hurt somebody or your choices, and where does it end? Yeah. How responsible are you for car accidents? How responsible are you for not cleaning out that drain that somebody drowned? You know, I mean, how, at some point, where do you stop? Well, and again, I think, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about this last week. Um, we've got, I mean, this is, this is going to go on for a while. So it's, we got to figure out what normal is. And, and, and I'll say straight up, you know, I, my dad and I went out for dinner two, two, two nights ago. We stayed apart. It was his choice, you know? So you could argue that if something happens to him, I'm going to feel really bad. Yeah. Or you, as you said, it's his choice. He Everybody's responsible for themselves. You could look at it either way. However you look at it, you're going to have to look at it by yourself for a while. And We're going to take a break for the break and come back with our second fractional portion on Moorhead State Public Radio. Support for Health Matters on MSPR comes from the Northeast Kentucky Area Health Education Center located at St. Clair Healthcare in Moorhead. Additional information on the Northeast AHEC is available online at neahec.org. Hello and welcome back. This is the second fractional portion of Health Matters. I'm Rick Phillips. I'm Shelley Irving. I'm Dr. Tony Weaver. This is the Oedipus Rex Show. Uh, that awkward moment in the uh, first half, uh, first fractional portion, when we talked about uh, whether or not we are responsible for uh, the people around us, uh, whether whose decisions matter the most in that. Uh, I think, you know, I think those... I understand Oedipus, by the way, he, he actually blinded himself when he realized uh, all that he had done and uh, wandered the countryside uh, uh, away from his family because it was such a heavy burden to bear. I think, you know, people have a way, no matter what, of, of rationalizing things. They, most people can look at themselves in the mirror in the morning, no matter what they are or have been doing. Right. And uh, uh, so I I don't I don't think this thing is, you know, I think in most cases, if you decide you're not going to wear a mask, uh, you you figure that the that the risk is low, that it doesn't matter that people uh, are on their own anyway. But uh, this was again, this is a, a, a message that I couldn't do for my smokers. It just seemed to me to be too very too much personal. But I've noticed that uh, it has been on the, the news media from public health people. So. This uh, is our second fractional portion, our sponsor for the second time, swimming pool, swimming safety, I'll put, rather than swimming pool, because uh, most public pools are going to remain closed probably for most of the summer. Uh, Tip number one, children need to learn to swim. Tip number two, check to see if there's a lifeguard. If not, designate somebody to watch the swimmers. Tip number three, watch your own children anyway, whether there's somebody else watching or not. It doesn't hurt to have two sets of eyes on them. Four, check the environment. Know where the hazards are and try to avoid them. Five, don't dive head first the first time. Don't dive in above ground pools. Don't dive in the shallow end. Don't dive through pool toys. Six, put the girl's hair up. Put the long hair up so that it doesn't get tangled in an underwater obstacle. Seven, keep a phone close by at all times. 
Also, uh, as we mentioned, keep a mask around and some sanitizer because you may need to go into a crowded area while you're doing your swimming. A, to understand the basics of life-saving or make friends with someone who does and uh, is uh, not suffering from viral symptoms. Number nine, look for life-saving equipment, poles, rings, things you could reach out to somebody. Make sure you have that at hand. And ten, don't mess with electrical storms. That's our sponsor, Swimming Safety. Now, we wanted to look ahead. So we, we talked last week about vaccines. Vaccine is not a strategy. We hope there might be a vaccine. But the way we defeat this virus is we change our lives in such a way that we can still live and enjoy ourselves, but we avoid crowds and avoid prolonged exposure uh, to the air that is that other people that has other people in it. Fair enough. Do we, do, we th- well. do we think that's going to be the norm? Do you think we're really going to go on for the foreseeable future without having gatherings over 50 people? Yes, I believe we are. Give you an example. Uh, this so, was wouldn't wouldn't you say that we're going to have gatherings of over fifty people that are not in that that have determined they're not in a critical uh, age group or a vulnerable population? Yeah. I think we already have that. Even though we've we're just now we're not even sure we're through the first wave in Kentucky and the United States is certainly not through the first wave by any stretch. So uh, I think there will be those gatherings and it will, I think as time passes, you know, the unity that we've had will be tested. And so I believe, you know, we have to be ready for that. We, we have to be steadfast in our resolve. We have to change the way we live. One example, uh, I got this through LinkedIn, which is an online service. One of the largest U.S. mall owners uh, is uh, changing the way people shop. The mall giant Westfield will allow shoppers to schedule an appointment to visit an individual retailer via its mobile app. That will provide information on how many shoppers are in the mall and when it's likely to be less crowded. So, uh, you know, but, so but, far. But I don't think anybody's gotten to the business models yet. Yeah, great. We're trying to figure out how to get people back in stores. Yeah. But right now a store is set up with a certain profit margin based on a number of employees and a number of people running through buying a certain amount of stuff. And if you're going to limit your capacity by a third – forever then you know you're going to end up having to deal with less employees less stock on the shelf i mean there are going to be businesses that are just not going to be able to stay open right i think so there's going to be a lot that i mean i I don't see i i I just don't see it tony i i I think as we talked a couple of weeks ago you know (laughs) what happened after the spanish flu (laughs) the roaring 20s i I think we're gonna i think it's a matter of months and we will try our hardest to get back to what was three years ago Totally agree, but I'm I'm saying probably two years. Uh, I think you know, in terms of uh, venturing out, this thing was, this virus uh, was uh, the the 1918 virus was a flu virus. It was more seasonal. Uh, it did come in waves and disappear in between, uh, and people were still so spooked by it. It took a couple of years, and this this is not as seasonal and harder to predict. And so I think it's going to be tricky. I think, in general, the reason I put this up was I think appointments are going to be the way the, uh, that we're going to be doing things. I think uh, your retailers you're talking about are going to do a lot of online stuff. But if you absolutely have to go in and you've got to figure out what your size is or whether or not this uh, uh, fits you, then you're going to make an appointment. And now, you certainly there will be less in-store traffic, but their sales is going to have to be a combination of in-store and online, I believe. Don't get me wrong. I Believe me, you know, I've been to Walmart, I've been to Kroger, I've been to the stores, Lowe's, you know, all the local Moorhead places. Um, 
you know, and, and the, while the shopping experience is slightly different, it's close enough to where it's, it's not going to be, if they're only letting 500 people in, well then, okay, I get it. That, that'll be okay. But, um, there are other places where, you know, I'm okay with some change. I, I, I did through this COVID thing. I ended up taking advantage of the situation and, and buying a new car. It was a great experience. <laughs> Tell me about it. What, what was it like? Well, they couldn't touch me. <laughs> they couldn't get, I mean, you know, the, 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 there's so much handshaking, so to speak in sales, right? There's, there's a personal bond the salesman will try to do or they'll try to, and you know, you know, it, a, a car purchase is sometimes a relentless process, right? Yep. A negotiation back and forth, uh, you know, uh, and believe me, under the COVID thing, it was very easy. It was uh, make an appointment. The car was sitting there. There was no salesman standing next to it. It was, uh, hey, let me get a copy of your driver's license, take it for a test drive, you know, and then, you know. So the whole process was was actually pretty good. And I think you're going to see things like that are going to, people are going to uh, actually like it. I think, yeah. but you can't, you can't do it to Kroger. You just can't. Yeah, no, there are things like that that they're not going to be able to go back from that now. You know, right. we'll drive the car to your house. You can test. That's not going to. Well, you and know, companies stop. like Carvana are just going to—they're just going to get them. I mean, you know, that's the yeah. thing. They're going to have to adapt or die. I think Amazon is not going to overtake Kroger. It's not going to overtake no. the local, the local grocery or the local uh, hardware retailer or you know whatever it is. They're—they're they're not going to overtake them. They're certainly going to augment. But they're not going to overtake it. And so we have to figure out what that is. But I, I tell you, the one that gets me is movie theaters, um, you know, basketball or sporting events, especially collegiate, where it's, you know, it's a community. It's not necessarily a pro entertainment thing. It's really a community of people. Um, I think the other one is concert venues and, and, and artists that are performing, whether they be dramatic or, or, or you know, singing, playing. Uh, can you imagine if all the biggest bands in the world just never tour anymore? Yeah, I think the way we interact is going to be completely different. And I think that there's going to be a lot of opportunity. And I think we're still figuring out what we as people, as society, as in these different communities, what we'll tolerate, what we won't tolerate, and what we can negotiate. I mean, I, I don't know a lot of the big bands, unless they're in on Medicare, they're probably not going to play for less than 25 people. <laughs> for yeah. 25 people or less. Probably not. Yeah, I understand. Well, speaking of that, New York Times, May 24th. Um, 2020 is gone, says Anna Shapiro, Artistic Director of Chicago's Steppenwolf Theater Company. Taylor Swift, Justin Bieber canceled their performance for the remainder of the year. Guthrie Theater in Minneapolis will begin next March. South Carolina, Charleston Stage, uh, delaying season start until January. Utah, February. California, Berkeley Repertory Theater, late winter. No programming this fall at the Denver Theater for the Performing Arts. Dance companies, Nutcracker and the lucrative holiday season, gone. Lincoln Center in New York hopes performances at the Outdoor Plaza may be allowed, but theater indoors, it's hard right now to see a path to anything that looks like a traditional fall season. Broadway producers, two high-profile productions that have been set for Broadway this spring and summer. Uh, recently announced they're uh, planning to try again next spring. No, they're not even starting. Uh, they're not premiering a new Broadway uh, musicals uh, until next spring. Don't get me wrong. I'll love it if the if a drive-in theaters come back. I'll love that. That's great. Yeah. So it looks like, you know, there will be outdoor venues. 
Uh, and I think there may be some crowd control measures there. Uh, I think uh, indoor performances looks like are it's going to be next spring. I just don't expect us to see those this fall. Well, I, ha- I have to say I'm a little disappointed in all these high-paid creative folks because if they would just turn like preschool teachers who've had to figure out how to teach online and be creative online and engage these little people online, turn them loose, they could probably figure out ways to do some of this stuff in really creative, neat um, formats. I, I think I think you're right. I think they could take their talents and put them to the uses that we need as a society. The 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 problem with their profession is I'm not gonna you know there there are concerts out there where the tickets are two hundred and fifty dollars mm-hmm. and you're gonna be so far away that all you're gonna do is watch them up on the screen anyway. But you're not gonna pay two hundred and fifty to watch them on your TV. No, but they don't need two hundred and fifty from you to sit. I'm just saying they're not. I'm just saying they're not gonna, and so they're gonna have to figure out how to redo that. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You know, maybe Taylor Swift and Justin Bieber are going to, you know, in place of those live performances, which they cancel. Maybe there'll be something else. I think it may be that they're wealthy enough that they don't need it. Although, you know, for for most part, you you have to stay in the public's eye in order to maintain that level of of uh, acceptance. Uh, I believe, though, you're right, Rick. I mean, they can't, and so we're going to have to do something better than Zoom. Uh, to try to bring performing acts together, and I think there will be some new offerings, and, and uh, that that to me is kind of exciting. We're going to change the way this works, but I think the appointments we're gonna. I, I talked to a local pastor who he was probably we're gonna have to have an appointment for church because they can't over they can't overfill their building. This has been one of those where I you know there are times where being a small church is a is a problem. Usually it's around budget season. Uh, and then there are times where it's wonderful. And so right now we can actually, in our church, completely socially distant people. We can put entire family pods 10 feet away from any other family pod and keep complete distancing. But that's because our church is relatively small. All I feel right. bad. The big mega churches, they, I don't know how they're going to deal with this. Well, you're not. Are you singing? Uh, on stage, but the singers are six foot apart. Okay. But the question is, you know, if a church sings hymns together... Then the potential viral no, load. No, the audience isn't singing. Right. The audience isn't singing. The performers are singing. We've asked the audiences not to sing. Wow. And they're complying with that? I don't know. Their backs are to me. I can't tell. But I had a conversation <laughs> with a lady today who said, if I can't sing in the church, I'm just not going to go. We, we, you know. And, and But, I mean, for a lot of people, that's an important part of their worship. So, yeah, so you're back but, to But we've put everybody so far apart, even if they're a spitter, you know, they're not. <laughs> it's not going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it's an interesting challenge. <laughs> this little light of mine, I'm going to put it way <laughs> over there. <laughs> so, I mean, a lot of this stuff changes. Uh, so I think uh, appointments are going to be the rule. I think we're going to have to find a new way to do performing arts. Um, and, and the question is, you know, do you do it for a year or do you say, look, let's just let's just drop out. Let's do something uh, um, and and uh, we'll 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 come back next year and do things the way we used to. As you said, Rick, this is for all this. This is still temporary. And people talk about well, there will be a, certainly there will be more. But I think we will learn a lot uh, about how to manage these things. The, the, there is a question: Is it uh, is that uh, is this whole inter, uh, worldwide flavor that we've had over the past ten years? The idea that anyone can go anywhere, that there are all sorts of multinational collaborations, is that over? Uh, probably not, but at least it is, uh, right now it has been suppressed somewhat. 
uh, most nations uh, are sticking to themselves. They want to do it to create their own uh, necessary manufacturing uh, and not have such uh, interdependence as we've had in the past. So there is that. Now, Rick, you mentioned athletics. Uh, this came out May 24th in the Detroit News. University of Michigan President Mark Schlissel says there will not be a football season at University of Michigan unless students are able to take on-campus classes. You know, we talked about playing uh, athletic events in front of empty stadiums. He says, don't know about that, but if we don't have classes, we don't have sports. We're not doing sports in the absence of classes. Um, and so uh, uh, that, the, I mean, obviously, I know uh, universities, and you've been a part of UK's efforts, are trying to go more online. Well, w- w- our president has openly stated our first priority is to get back on campus, and we're going to shoot for the fall semester. We're working actively towards that goal. Now, do, do we have a contingency plan? Of course. But but those, those, those are the two plans that we're working, and we're planning on coming back. So, I mean, you know, now – it's interesting. There's probably another whole show to talk about what does that mean, right? How do you take a university with 700, well, in, in the Lexington area, we have, you know, 750 acres. We have some 250 different buildings. We have, you know, 150 of them are heavily populated with, with various activities, being the hospital and students. How do you monitor that? How, how do you even tell? And there's all kinds of technologies we're looking at right now for occupancy levels, for you know, dwell times for, you know, are people in, hanging around? Are they are they staying six feet apart? Better yet, are your, are your restrooms, do you have a way to monitor in and out of the restrooms so that you can maybe reduce the number of people in them or, or at least let the person know, hey, there's 15 people in there. Do you really want to go in there? Uh, I mean, th- there's a whole lot of technology that we can apply to this. Now, doing it in a compressed schedule is what's probably the hardest thing to do. But but it is going to change how we build our campuses. And, and, and when I say campus, I mean just large work spaces, whether they be for teaching students or, or, or whatever your business is that requires a lot of people. Now, Rick and I have not rehearsed this at all, and so I'm asking a question that you don't have to answer. Are you looking at tracking cell phones? Uh, we, that, there's a, there is an element of tracking devices that is not. So, so any technology that we're actively looking at is an anonymous uh, tracking mechanism. So we, we want to anonymize any data so that there's not, um, I, I don't want to track Tony's cell phone, but I would like to know where my 40, my 70% iPhones are, right? I mean, are they, are they all in this building? Are they over here? Are they, is there more iPhones in this building than there are tablets or there, you know, there, there are certain demographic data that I want to know, but we're trying to make sure that any technology we put in place is anonymized. Right. And I think that tracking is going to be another thing that we're going to have to get used to. Oh, you're going to have to. I mean, if not, I mean, again, I, I can track you. I just, I can track your body. I can't, I don't want to track that it's Tony's body, if that makes sense. You can track. I need to know, I need to know a body is in a lobby. I just don't need to know it's Tony's Whose body. body it is, yeah. Right. So, so, and I think that's not threatening. I think when you start and you start looking at it and going, okay, Okay, so they know I'm one of the 15 people in the restroom. They just don't know it's me. They just know yeah. it's a, pers- a a discernible human being has walked into this room. And so then you can start looking at it and go, well, we've got how many people per square foot? And is, is that enough to really be socially distant? I mean, there's a whole lot of, I mean, again, <laughs> it's strange times. But, but the, we're going to have to adapt and figure that out. And that's part of 
being a safe campus when we come back online and ask students to be there. How do you teach a 400 student, a 400 student uh, Spanish class in an auditorium? That's, that's going to be something we're going to have to address. There were changes coming. There will be creativity. And I think that more than anything, though, there will be change. Absolutely. And I think uh, as we look at this and keep in mind, this distancing is still it's still our chief weapon. It's our chief strategy. It doesn't nothing changes that. Uh, as we talked about, vaccines would be nice, but uh, they are not the way they're not a strategy to stop this. We have to keep the numbers, the case numbers down while we sort this out. And, and you know, we went on a bit of a hiatus here at Health Matters. During that hiatus, I want our listeners to understand that Tony, while I didn't see him all the time, was walking around with a huge smile on his face because he knows COVID killed the handshake. Very happy about that. Also happy we're taking a break. We'll come back with our third and final fractional portion on Health Matters, Morehead State Public Radio. Support for Health Matters on MSPR comes from the Northeast Kentucky Area Health Education Center, located at St. Clair Healthcare in Moorhead. Additional information on the Northeast AHEC is available online at neahec.org. Hello and welcome back. This is the third and final fractional portion of Health Matters. I'm Rick Phillips. I'm Shelley Irving. I'm Dr. Tony Weaver. This is our foray into arts and history. This is the Oedipus Rex Show. We are all in charge of our parents' and grandparents' health, I believe, whether we like that or not. Our sponsor for the final time, Outdoor Activities. Remember to beat this virus and make it solve. Avoid a mob when you're not on the job. Find places to go where there's not crowds. It's just that simple. The number of people, the amount of time you spend with them, and the closed-inness of that area, those are the things that seem to be key to transmitting the virus. So just stay outdoors, stay away from people, and you will be fine. <laughs> Take it from me. Don't have any friends. <laughs> Spend most of your time by yourself, and you don't have to worry about those nasty viruses. But we are talking about swimming, a great outdoor activity if you can get to a safe place to do it. The public pools will be closed. That means a lot of us will be swimming in places we may not have swum, swam, swalt, I don't know, last year. So I want to remind you about swimming safety. First of all, it is a good idea to swim. Children need to learn to swim. Adults need to remember how to swim. These are all good things, and they're also it is a good and healthy exercise. Tip number two, check to see if there's a lifeguard. If there is not, you need a designated adult watching the swimmers. Uh, it just makes safe. It makes things safer. Number three, watch your own child or children, even if there is somebody else in charge, just to make sure they're okay. Four, check for obstacles under the water. This means drain covers and drains in a swimming pool. If it is a pond, lake, or a river, check for underwater logs, stumps, things that might catch your swimmers and cause problems. Number five, diving rules. Check to see how deep the water is, feet first the first time, even if you have swum there before. Don't dive into above-ground pools. Don't dive into the shallow end of the pool. Don't dive through inner tubes or pool toys. Number six, put the long hair up. Do not let the hair get tangled in some type of snag or underwater obstacle and put a tragic end to your swimming. Seven, keep a charged phone close by. Eight, understand the basics of life-saving Nine, look for life-saving equipment, long poles, floating rings, things like that, 
Uh, make sure you know where those are in case you need to use them quickly. And 10, do not mess with electrical storms. If you can see it, flee it. If you can hear it, clear it. National Lightning Safety Institute says, and we wholeheartedly agree. That is our sponsor, Swimming Safety. Now, we were talking about then uh, appointments. I think that, that having an appointment, being able to manage crowds is going to be key. This will include everything from, as Rick said, tracking people, looking at the numbers, monitoring the cameras, letting only a limited number of people in. It will affect the way we seat. Uh, certainly, the uh, airlines are finally thinking about seating from the back to the front. They, they're uh, doing that. That's yeah. They're doing and, and on top of that, the middle seats are X'd out. You cannot reserve a middle seat. They don't yeah. sell the middle seats anymore. Uh, theaters would have to do something similar, I think, uh, to avoid people basically shuffling by. Uh, even if it, I think there will be appointments and reserve seats, which there already are, I know. But I think there will be some attention to how we seat the theater. Uh, I, yeah, frankly, the theaters open. I've never understood the whole airplane thing. Why they don't load from the back row first anyway? You know, I saw an analysis in a scientific journal, and they said if you just did it random. It would be better, right? The fact that you purposely load the front first, right, is dumb. Is dumb. I and, mean, and, but people, we're catering to the people who paid more money to get their seats, and right? They, and they get to put their bin, bags in the overhead bins. Well, but it, yeah, about the first two zones, three zones, get it, and then that last zone, you're on your own. Yeah, and so that promotes a lot of unnecessary interactions between strangers. So uh, uh, we think that'll happen. We are uncertain about the fall athletic season, but it's going to be a lot of changes. Uh, the performing arts, as far as in theater group performances, gone. I, I, I think on I can say on hiatus. Yes, mm-hmm. on hiatus until next spring. Right now, the uh, the theaters Th- think that the about New York it though, Times tracked, uh, they were planning on opening next in spring. In human history, have we ever had an age where we didn't have an arts? Nineteen eighteen. <laughs> hundred years ago. I'm telling you, it's coming back. I'm trying to hear yeah, to yeah. the thing. As you, you said, just got to get through this. Yes. The yeah. 1918 was followed by the Roaring Twenties. There were all sorts of parties. There were an explosion of the arts. People relished life because they had been through a life-threatening event. They partied and so the hard they got us into the Depression. Yeah. And then, I, well, you know, that, that was, yeah. Uh, that was the 30s. <laughs> so we, we got 10 good years. Rick, if I get 10 good years, I'm, I'm going to be in pretty good shape. I'm not even sure I'll make it to the end of the 10. But uh, uh, the uh, 1918 influenza epidemic, worldwide 50 million, 675,000 in the U.S. Right now, as we record this, we're closing in on 100,000, expected to have around 300,000 deaths in the U.S. if current situation continues. Uh, and, and things could happen. Uh, a vaccine could be developed and deployed. Uh, the virus itself might lose some of its, uh, it could mutate, uh, but uh, those are just uh, general predictions. And, and again, we're in the first round of this, and so we're looking ahead to see how the fall and winter might go. Uh, speaking of that, then, this was in The Guardian, May 21st. Um, they were talking about an unusually active hurricane season. Uh, the official season for Atlantic Hurricanes starts actually started uh, June 1st. Uh, Penn State Earth System Science Center estimates there will be between 13 and 24 named storms. Uh, and their best guess is around 20, one of the most active years for hurricanes on record. There is the, the atmospheric conditions appear to be very favorable for forming hurricanes. Now, this is the La Nina climate event. Uh, cools waters in the Pacific. And waters in the Atlantic will warm up and strong winds will form, so we get hurricanes. Now, why are we talking about hurricanes uh, the first week of June? 
Well, because hurricane response has always been to shelter, op- open shelters, and they can't do that. Yeah, but but Tony, the, I mean, this is going to be a situation where they're going to have to prioritize. I mean, you cannot. I mean, the, the hurricane itself. If you don't shelter, you'll kill more people. Right, you will drown. You have to. I mean, so they'll. they'll this is just going to be one of those terrible decisions that doctors have been faced with their entire careers is having to make a death and death decision. Yeah. It will not be pleasant. It won't. But, but I mean, you can't, the minute that they try to say, okay, well, your individual, you know, it is, it is bringing up some interesting thoughts. I mean, I know I sit around and contemplate things and, and, and there's the whole good of the many outweighs the good of the one or the few, you know, the few or the one. Well, these are times, I mean, things. these are times where the, the term eminent domain actually does have some credibility, right? And uh, people don't like it. It's not something that we want to talk about. But, but as a society, we have deemed an eminent domain can exist and, and the government or the social group that's together, their needs are, are more important as a society. So we'll still end up having to protect from hurricanes. We'll still have to shelter. Right. But you think about just the, the all the things that happen around a hurricane, the migration out, the evacuations, uh, they've always depended on people being able to uh, stay at hotels uh, uh, to uh, go and shelter with uh, other families. That will be more precarious. I, I think, as you said, I mean, something has to happen, so it will happen, but that will be more precarious. Uh, the shelters that they put in place will have to have, uh, they, I'm certain they will need to test for a COVID virus as people come into the shelter. They also have to make some extra precautions to make sure that it is not transmitted. So there are a number of changes that are going to occur, I think, in pretty much all aspects of society. Everything from Broadway Place all the way down to hurricane evacuations are going to change and will have to be creative and i'm certain you know when 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 change occurs like this it's never uniform and uniformly good uh, there are going to be some problems i'm certain come up uh, because we are doing things differently oh yeah we'll we'll learn all different ways to evacuate to supply people uh, but even as you think about people getting supplies on the way you have to leave in a hurry you know it's not it you know it's not like you you have time to pack up all your food and stuff you know in storage you you just got to go. Why not drop some uh, mask and hand sanitizer in your go bag? Yep. Right now to prepare yourself for whatever the summer and the fall season brings. Uh, but uh, one thing it will bring, certainly, is change. I'm going to guess that if you live in a hurricane area, you've already got that bag packed. Yeah. They have to keep some evacuation planning. You know, we, we don't think that way. What do we prepare for? We prepare for tornadoes, right? Yeah. Sort of. I mean, we're going to, you know, we've said before on this show, the one thing about uh, Appalachia, uh, the place where we live, is is a relatively safe area. Uh, We don't have huge storms. We don't have uh, significant earthquakes, no volcanic activity in the area. Uh, lots of uh, uh, lots of stability. But about every 20 years, a a tornado rolls through and devastates some community. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that happens. And so, you know, in Arizona, that's a different... It's a whole different set of natural disasters, right? In California, it's earthquakes. I mean, everybody has to deal with their thing, but I guarantee you the people that are in the, the, the you know, the, the East Coast, the Southern Coasts, you know, they've, they've got their bag packed. Yeah. Now, put a mask in it, uh, for the very least. Hand sanitizer. Yep, hand sanitizer. Nature News, May 21st. How coronavirus lockdown stopped flu in its tracks. 
Let's see. This is globally an estimated uh, somewhere between a quarter and a half a million people die from seasonal flu. The shorter flu season could mean tens of thousands of lives are spared. Uh, it will be it will be difficult because lives have definitely there have been some things that have really uh, there is an uptake uh, an uptick I'm sorry in total mortality in the U.S. It is a very clear uptick in total mortality uh, with the coronavirus. So in no way are we saying that you know this uh, the the benefits of having a worldwide pandemic outweigh the risk. I think that would be irresponsible of us, but. Since there when are... have we been responsible? <laughs> well, I can't even realistically make that argument. This is terrible. This is yeah, but a the name beast. of the show for this show is terrible. You don't like Oedipus Rex? Well, I mean, you're once you explained it, and I realized the whole premise of it was I'm it's, secretly it was killing horrible. my dad. <laughs> I mean, you know, know. come on. Well, these, these are thoughts that, that, you know, this troubles my sleep, is we are responsible. Well, now you're, I believe now you're passing that, that trouble on to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Well, not me, the public health people that said as people will die if you don't wear a mask. That that was the thing that, I mean, we're all connected. Uh, there is cause and effect. Uh, and, uh, uh, I mean, we've known this for a long time, but it's something that we don't talk a lot about. And so, I, I mean, it doesn't just apply to COVID in my, in my mind. At any rate, back to seasonal flu. Uh, unusually, lab-confirmed cases of influenza dropped precipitously in early April, uh, weeks after pandemic declared and lockdowns went in place. Uh, and they looked at 150,000 samples from national influenza laboratories in 71 different countries. And, and uh, they charted a really a massive decline uh, such that the influenza was gone by the end of March. And usually the cases linger on over into May and uh, early June. Uh, so um, uh, across the world, flu season has dropped off uh, precipitously. Other infectious diseases might have also been affected. Uh, in Hong Kong, uh, the number of chickenpox cases dropped by about half. In April, measles and rubella, their lowest since 2016 uh, worldwide. Uh, and closure of schools obviously may have had a big impact on that. Sexually transmitted infections might also be affected. Cases may decline in the absence of close contact, but also, well, there may be a decline in detection because people aren't coming in. Yep, true. True. <laughs> so you don't know. So crime rates are down. Uh, we think, I mean, anecdotally, it's hard to get numbers. Uh, abuse rates may be up, you know, yeah. forcing uh, people to uh, live together without uh, uh, being any pressure valves, any escape uh, mechanisms can sometimes can be bad. So uh, there, there are there are a lot of changes like that. But I think the bottom line again is if you look at total mortality, all cause mortality in the U.S., there has been a rather dramatic bump this spring uh, compared to usual numbers. And uh, so, like I said, there's no way that you can twist things around so that a pandemic is a good thing. But flu, uh, this works. You know, social distancing works for a lot of. Do things. you think? Do you think the one thing the pandemic may have done, at least in the U.S., is it's kind of maybe brought some more families closer together? I mean, you're, you've been kind of. I mean, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a bad thing. I don't know. But they're they're trapped in a house together. I mean, I, I've seen a lot more people playing games together, spending more time together. I, I think there's got to be something good in that. Yeah, like you said, if you're compatible. If you know, you're about uh, abuse is up, but uh, uh, closeness among some family, if, if you like your uh, siblings and your family, then sure, that's great. Yeah, but uh, yeah, my, my wife, of course, she's always feels bad for only children because uh, they didn't have anybody to play with, and she thinks you know that 
She can come play with mine. (laughs) (laughs) My only child. Yeah. It's just nice when you can just kind of herd them off and let them play with each other. Um, And then just to end up, just to end up, some some science that's not about COVID-19. Something interesting here. And also, uh, a, I think, uh, a bit of a warning on overinterpreting statistics. This was May 21st as, uh, as well. Um, from 2008 to 2012, uh, PSA testing, prostate-specific antigen testing for prostate cancer, uh, it was decreasing by about 2.5% per year for men ages 50 to 74 years. They just stopped getting it. Um, and then there was a more precipitous drop after the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force recommended against testing. Uh, The upshot of this is, in men 75 and older, the incidence of distant stage metastatic prostate cancer has increased by 5% per year between 2010 and 2016. That is, you don't test, you get more metastatic prostate cancer. Now, sounds horrible. We should start Mm -hmm. testing again. Maybe. The thing about it is, though, you have avoided a lot of surgical misadventures, a lot of uh, ill effects of surgery. We knew the testing did some good, but it also did harm, more harm than good. So, uh, But this was reported. If you read this, realize, uh, yes, there is always that balance between too much intervention and too little intervention. break-even point somewhere. Yeah. Rick, I think we have reached our break-even point. Well, it, it's entirely possible. <laughs> Special thanks to our Morehead State Public Radio producers, Paul Hitchcock and Greg Jenkins, and to Eric Bilbrey, who wrote our Health Matters theme song, and to you, our loyal radio fans. Remember to show your support for Health Matters by visiting our digital empire. To listen to the show, go to wmky.org, or visit us on Facebook. Just do a search for HM Radio Show. For our radio crew and the supportive folks at the Northeast AHEC, thanks for listening to our show, and remember these top ten tips to be healthy at Health Matters. Stay healthy at Health Matters. Only turn your radio off for essential tasks such as going to get groceries. Avoid crowds and gatherings. If you see a large group of people listening to Health Matters, run away. Practice social distancing. Remain six feet away from your radio while listening to our show. Know when to seek care. Follow your doctor's recommendations if Health Matters makes you nauseated. Visit HM Radio Show on Facebook. Stay up to date with Health Matters recommendations. Wash radios and surfaces. Wash your radio thoroughly after each show. Apply for benefits. There may be someone who will pay you to listen to the radio. You never know. You never know. Eh, Doubtful. (laughs) Prioritize your mental health. Maybe you should just not listen to Health Matters at all. Check. Do not travel. The safest place for you and others is in front of your radio. Try not to leave the room while the radio is on. Report noncompliance. If your neighbors are not listening to Health Matters, call the radio station immediately. Whatever you do, do not take this stuff lying down. Get out this week, make a healthy change in your life, and tune in next week for more exciting news from the world of medical research on Moorhead State Public Radio. Support for Health Matters on MSPR comes from the Northeast Kentucky Area Health Education Center, located at St. Clair Healthcare in Moorhead. Additional information on the Northeast AHEC is available online at neahec.org.